Hello and welcome to The Entrepreneurs on Monocle Radio, the show all about inspiring people, innovative companies and fresh ideas in global business. I'm Tom Edwards. Today's programme is all about Christmas. First, we meet the couple behind the UK's biggest Christmas wonderland, a purpose-driven brand that's committed to creating a magical festive experience for the whole family. I felt there was nowhere that really allowed families to revel in this precious, what I call the wonder years, the sort of time of imagination before information. Then we shamelessly plug why a Monocle subscription is the perfect gift for all those good boys and girls who want to be in the know this year. We are giving all radio listeners a 15% discount to any subscription that you want to gift. Listen out for a special offer in the chat later. And finally, we're hearing from the big man himself. Yes, it's the entrepreneur's entrepreneur, Santa Claus, talking about how he makes his global venture work. Everything is possible because I have so many helpers. This is The Entrepreneurs with me, Tom Edwards. You're listening to The Entrepreneurs. Mike and Alison Battle are the founders of Lapland UK, an immersive reimagining of Santa's Arctic home here in England that's a true festive treat for the whole family. Founded in 2007, the theatrical experience has grown from selling some 30,000 tickets in its first year to more than 200,000 today, and they always sell out in record time. The couple, who've been married for more than 40 years, were originally inspired by their own kids growing up to try and preserve the magic of Christmas for every child for as long as possible. Mike and Alison stopped by Midori House to chat about their rapid growth, Lapland UK's international recognition and their plans to make its enchantment accessible beyond the event itself. Mike began by breaking down some of the incredible metrics around the brand. We sell out a show of about 100, 175,000 people in March and it takes about an hour to send them all out and we never spend a pound on marketing. It's just purely word of mouth. Pretty impressive. So, Alison, tell me about this idea of doing something different at Christmas because I think everyone has their own sense of what the traditions mean Mm -hmm. and the behaviours that they like to do. But essentially what Mike says, there, you clearly had this idea that something was missing. Where did that idea spring from? What, what, yes. what did you notice wasn't there that you wanted to, to deliver? So I would say that Lapland UK is a purpose-driven company. And my early career was in primary school classrooms. So as an infant school teacher for 20 years in Lewisham, loved every moment of it. And during that time had four sons of our own, four boys in four years. And with my primary school training, I was very able at creating magical moments within the home for the boys. But to us, Christmas really defined childhood. It was that time of the year where we all reconnect with our own childhood memories, what it's like to be a child, but also witness our own children in that most precious fleeting moment of childhood innocence and awe and belief. So, as I said, in our home, we could do lots of wonderful, magical things. The problem was when we left the home for that time-honoured tradition of meeting Father Christmas, that's where I felt things went slightly downhill because we tried most activities that you could find, certainly in this country, be it stately homes or big stores or garden centres, everything, steam trains in between. And I always felt that it didn't deliver 
the level of importance that I placed on this moment. So I felt that it was a moment to be honoured and respected and really cherished so that you could capture these childhood moments and memories. And I didn't feel that anywhere was really doing that in a way that I felt was as important as at the moment. You mentioned that idea of how special it is and you kind of know that it's not going to be there forever with your kids as they get Mm -hmm. a bit older. Maybe they become a little cynical. But I guess part of it must be, wow, if we get this right... We can keep doing this every mm-hmm. year and we can keep that going. I mean, was that maybe that was the thing yeah. that dawned on you as it took root and became successful? You were like, actually, the magic's kind of, kind of go on even if our boys well, yeah. move on uh, a little well, bit. Well, to be honest, we didn't really sort of set out to create a business. We set out to create a magical experience for families that I felt we hadn't found for our own sons. And, and our boys were growing up. They're all in their high 20s now. So, yeah, it's just a kind of a very lucky sort of offspin for me that I'm still inhabiting that world for young children. But, yes, it was this, this feeling that it is a bittersweet time because you know it is so fleeting and they will grow, blink, and they've grown. So it was so important to me that we captured those moments and those memories and I felt there was nowhere that really allowed families to revel in this precious, what I call the wonder years, the sort of time of imagination before information. That's very well put. Well, let's talk about what it is exactly. And Mike, one of your parts of your sort of title that you were telling us about before is the idea of being the producer of this crazy enterprise what sets it apart then and what goes into it? Because it's quite the undertaking. It is. And um, to Alison's point, it's all been driven in many ways by the purpose. We just want to make it incredible. That's really where it started. But there's probably a reason poor old Christmas and Father Christmas haven't really been looked after properly for many years because it's very difficult. You need to create a world. So fundamentally, you can't do the show in a conventional theatre. So that means you are actually building the theatre every year from scratch and then putting the show on in it. So that's the first one. The second one is you're dealing with quite a tricky audience they don't sit still they want to go to the toilet they want to get something to eat they're this they're that they're engaged they're not engaged so that needs to be built into the experience as well also there was no real source material if you speak to an average well-informed five-year-old you ask them about a well-known children's story like Winnie the Pooh they'll know the whole world Christopher Robin all of his friends where with Father Christmas they say tell me more about Father Christmas, who runs the toy factory, who looks after Rudolph, all of this. They don't know any of this. So we had to create a world, and Alice and I are now six books in in creating all that. So that was the sort of identity of, the, I suppose, the challenge of the problem. And the other thing, I suppose, is that as the believing years, they do go up to, let's say, nine, nearly ten years old. So the quality and the level of the production that you need to deliver so that a slightly tricky nine, ten-year-old believes have to be extraordinarily high. And remember, for your show that you're running, you've only got six weeks. So all of this has to happen in six weeks. So there's been a a huge, I suppose, barrier to making this a better experience for people. And I think probably possibly to objectify myself and Alison, the thing that's kept us going is that we're passionate about this. And that was the fuel we were burning as parents, mums and dads before we were entrepreneurs, really, that we weren't going to give up. And we've had twists and tails like every um, entrepreneurial business. But that's what sort of got us through and made us, I suppose, solve all those problems. And now because the public have always wanted it, but no one's ever been able to deliver it. I suppose this is why we get this sort of British institution engagement. (laughs) I think we didn't really 
understand back 17 years ago that we were actually at the zeitgeist of this new immersive movement. We just knew it had to be believable. It had to be of a quality and a scale and a attention to detail that the children would believe everything they saw and the parents would love everything they saw. So it has to be on a scale which is unprecedented for it to be magnificent and the home of Father Christmas but it also has to be every tiny little detail there's no plastic there's no resin everything you touch is real it's a real prop it's come from northern Europe and every every little detail we go to all the letters in the post office are genuine letters from the North Pole and we ask parents to put the invitation in the freezer before they deliver it from Father Christmas so we go to the nth degree to make it believable. There's a billion details and I I suppose in the shorthand of it Tom is we build about 25 film sets in a forest in Ascot and then we put a West End show on in the middle of it and you are at the centre of it. And then you add in thousands, thousands of children and that's the that's the variable this is my point i guess when you've only got one go to get it right per annum i guess you can't get every one of those billion details correct you get you probably get pretty close what's that like because lots of entrepreneurs i talk about say well there's always then you know the next season or we can do the next iteration of the product and we can tinker you can't really tinker obviously you can year from year but it is one go only that's a big pressure and yet you seem to wear that quite quite lightly do you just have to get used to it I mean, how does that work there's it's, it's you're, you're absolutely right it's a, it's a huge team. responsibility it's about the team and the people absolutely right and we almost do a hundred percent record that's the way we we approach this we have a a meeting of you know we employ nearly a thousand people for when the show runs these days and we have a, an induction day and i'm famed at the end of it i always say to all of these performers who are you know, often full of themselves and you know full of joy of what they're about to do but i say to them shut your eyes and i'm going to say one word and then the word i say is christmas and then i say okay open your eyes now and i said whether you like it or not a memory has seared into your memory you and link to that word and I said these children that come they're likely to remember you not next week next month they're likely to remember you for the rest of their lives so then all of that community just go oh my god this is like huge responsibility so then every child every touch point and I suppose that it really is the cliche the magic is in the detail and getting it right again and again and again And also, I think the suppliers, we do work with the very best. So our costume makers, our West End costume makers, our set designers, our Hollywood set designers, our suppliers are the best in the business. So we're giving ourselves the best chance to be successful. Uh, You're quite exacting then. Sometimes, do you think these suppliers are like... Oh no, the battles are on the phone. Yeah. What are they going to be asking? <laughs> or do, you, do, do actually do they like it? Because it's like they're going to test me. They're going to push us. We're going to have to raise the bar. I think again. they're all incredibly proud of Laplan because it is a, a team effort. You know, we've all been on this journey. Lots of the suppliers have been with us since the beginning, so seventeen years, and it is almost like a family that comes back together in the forest at Christmas, and it's, it's a whole kind of joy de vivre. We're back building in the forest, and everybody wants to put their best foot forward and give these children the most special experience that they can and I think the whole team take that on board. Yeah we, we've lit the torch but it's not really just mine and Alison's Lapland it, it's everyone's Lapland and the people who are working there there is an energy there there is an energy that you're about to do something special or you're involved with something special and that has always been the case. It's lovely stuff let me ask you about because I always wait for that time of year I guess it's late in the calendar when you see that first batch of people who've been to these kind of knockoff laplands, you know, under a motorway flyover somewhere. And there's always those pictures <laughs> on social news, somebody standing next to a sort of battered bit of awning, you know, and there's something melted. Duh, there's always those. 
Now, when you see those, I guess part of you must be like, great for us, because people know that if you want the sort of original and best, you've got to, you've got to come to Lapland UK. Or do you feel just sad because that is some kids' dreams dashed in the... I I literally do feel sad because to us, we're all about honouring childhood and we say that our purpose is to honour childhood together. So we are providing this world for families to revel in with their children. And to me, it's all about the children. It is all about their belief and they only have one year in their life to be a certain age at Christmas. So those rogue operators have denied those children that one year of magic and, and I think it's unforgivable. Well, how do you then respond? Because presumably we know there is the the battle view and you've mentioned the books and the rest of it. People can literally read and see what, what your idea is. But do you are you creeping around disguised as an elf in the background, sort of eavesdropping in and saying, well, actually, that is a good idea. I heard somebody mention this and this. How do you tinker around the edges? Is it exciting to add new bits in? Do you try and react to what people say? Christmas means to them. How does that? How does that I, work? I, I suppose I, that would be me. I do very much see that we're in a, a sort of a role of possibly leadership, of ambition, of really what this subject, how it should be treated, and what is possible with it. And we make the investment. You know that that is the reality. We have we have a sustainable show because the show goes up, comes back down, but the the show essentially goes up again, and then we do refine and improve. And we do have a dialogue very much with our community or or the guests that come and as Alison said it's honouring childhood together we're not doing it to you we're doing it with you and I always see Alison in some ways as being like a lot of these young families big sister going I know you're busy I know you're this I know you're that but don't you I'm dare miss this say granny sometimes <laughs> says granny yeah. uh, tell me do you it must be funny because you must get a bit of the sort of de facto kind of Mr and Mrs Claus vibe a little bit. Does that ever happen? Do you... Well, funnily enough, um, for many, many years, we stayed behind the curtain. We, we, we don't advertise because I don't want a child ever to see a billboard, a, a train station to say, Lapland UK, buy your tickets, because to the children, it's a real place. They receive a personalised invitation from Father Christmas because their help is needed in his toy factory this year. So you will never see advertising for Lapland. And for many, many years, we were the secret in the forest. And that's the way I liked it, including us. We stayed behind the curtain. But now two of our sons have joined the business and they're much more media savvy, I suppose. And one is... <laughs> head of brand and he said no really you should come out from behind the curtain because people love a good family heritage british good good story i guess so now he has created a an instagram page for us and we are mr and mrs lapland and we actually are on site pretty much every day during the season just because i love the energy of it so much and we do have parents coming up to us now hello mr and mrs lapland so that's something to get used to it's very humbling because they're they're often are actually thanking us for creating this experience and this moment and they sort of say they're laying down memories that they'll will keep them warm in their old age you know that and it's very very humbling and you must almost be at the point i guess i'm trying to do the mental gymnastics a little bit there must be kids who were at the later end of the spectrum, right near the start of the journey, who are maybe bringing their kids through. I mean, that must be an amazing... Are we nearly there? Not quite so much, but we do have children who visited who now work for us. 
So, oh, you know, nice. so, yeah, so yeah. we do have but that it, situation. It goes to your point of almost being like a, a British institution. In the, in the summer, there's Chelsea Flower Show, then there's Glastonbury, and then in, in, the, in the winter, Lapland pops up. And we have very flattering, but we seem to have inhabited that place now. And, and as you said, I, I can imagine that um, that type of thing where people will be bringing their own children and they went. And I often get approached by sort of grandmothers, it seems, who say, you get so excited about the first child being born that even when the child is sort of in incubation they'll come up to me and say oh we'll see you in two years time you know and it's like okay (laughs) they're so excited about it yeah just quickly for our international listeners you've mentioned kind of roughly where you are but let's say someone's listening i don't know in the u.s or somewhere like that and give them a quick geographical catch-up of where this particular sub neighbourhood of the North Pole, or wherever you want to mm-hmm. believe it is, northern, you know, Lapland, in Finland, wherever. Where does it pop up in England? Set the scene for them a little bit, just so they can get their heads around it. The immediate geography of the area, the King of England is our landlord, believe it or not. And we were invited to um, a beautiful uh, forest on the estate there in the Windsor Estate, and it's just around the corner from Ascot Racecourse. And it's uh, hugely humbling again, as my word today, to be invited there. And we have the sort of magic of Mother Nature, and then we bring our magic to it as well. One of the things that I suppose which is important for the show and part of the experience, although it feels like quite a large number, it's very incremental in that there's tours that leave every half hour. So it almost goes to that, how do you eat an elephant? It's a bit at a time. And one thing, I suppose, and the way that Alice and I have created this immersive experience is that it's created by parents for parents we know what we've had four children we had twins you know we had four under five or four and a half wasn't it Alison and mm-hmm. um, so we know w- what you guys are going through so we want to give you one of the best days of your lives being a parent as well because there are tough days as well so we very much construct the experience so that it's a charming elegant experience that you come away from it and I think this is possibly why we get such engagement as well is because everybody enjoys it and that is not easy and you guys as you said your your past masters given you've got again do the maths quite literally 100% more sons even than I'm (laughs) contending with Um, a a final note Alison tell me a little bit about or tell, I guess, listeners. It occurs to me that we should do some sort of spoiler alert, shouldn't we? Because we don't want any absolutely ambitious mm. listener kids yes, of that true. demographic. Maybe they're probably not listening to the entrepreneurs, to be fair. <laughs> but, um, but what do people have to look forward to? You've mentioned a couple of the things. I think people who are familiar with it will know a bit of the sort of journey that you, you go on. But give us a couple of things. Or maybe you've got a favourite aspect or element of the experience each year that people particularly enjoy. Just whet their appetites a little bit. So... The actual setup of the village that we build every year is pretty much the same because it is a children's belief system so that you can't change it too much. They expect to find the post office in this place and the ice rink, etc. But we do change the story a little bit every year. So what happens is that the children are invited by Father Christmas because there's been such an upsurge in goodness this year that the elves are struggling to keep up with the amount of toys that need to be made. The children come in to help in the toy factory. So what happens in the toy factory changes every year. What happens in Mother Christmas is Kitchen changes every year, and this year we've introduced our stocking book series, which is the backstory of every elf, and there's going to be a performance of one of the elves this year, which is new. But really, I think the moment that everybody will talk about is the Father Christmas visit, because it's 
personalised to every single family and we even ask the parents not just for all the information about the children but something that happened that week. So they scored a goal at football, they sang an assembly or something just to really make sure the belief is well and truly... We call it the stop the clock moment and what, <laughs> what often happens is that they're in this beautiful little wooden cabin with a character, you know, amazing costume, and they know this information about your child. And you often have parents and grandparents particularly almost leaving the cabin, crying their eyes out, because it's almost they've just witnessed their own child's childhood or their own grandchild's childhood, and they can't quite believe it. So it, it really does deliver on the dream of what Christmas can be and and for families I think they they often we get letters writing in our house was full of magic and all this type of thing so it's it's this subject that's as for a number of reasons has been so poorly treated and myself and Alison are just basically reached into the gutter and goes this is not good enough we've polished this beautiful diamond up and saying let's put it up here let's put integrity here storytelling investment all that great stuff that this 21st century world can do and let's put it in its rightful place so that's really mine and Alison's mission it sounds like mission accomplished but we'll see <laughs> again the proof will be in the doing later this mm. year but uh, I want to encourage our listeners to Buck up their ideas and get in line for <laughs> early booking for 2024, next yes. spring. They'll, yes. need to be, they'll need to be on top of their game, though, don't yeah. they? One thing that might be helpful to, for your listeners is that we have reflected on the engagement and the sort of excitement of this new sort of flavour of Christmas. So as a company, we, we are developing. We are progressing and looking forward to potentially having more live shows to bring to a wider audience. But also the publishing, there's an awful lot of interest in that now. We've had some really exciting conversations, believe it or not, with Hollywood and all sorts of things about bringing our world to life. But also, if you stay with the purpose of honouring childhood together, it could be the case, and we're working on this as well, to broaden what the company can do so that, you know, whatever budget you've got, you might not even be in this country, whatever, you can have a little bit of magic of Lapland and this sort of spirit of quality Christmas and integrity in your home. So we are working on that as well. So there's going to be a lot more coming from us. That was Mike and Alison Battle, the founders of Lapland UK. And you can find out more about their seasonal adventures by heading to lapland.co.uk. You're listening to The Entrepreneurs. Well, it's an unusual pleasure to welcome to The Entrepreneurs, Monocle's Circulation and Brand Partnerships Director, my old pal, Holly Anderson. Holly, welcome. Thank you, Tom. Now, we don't let you loose on the airwaves that often. Don't take it personally. But because it's, it's the time of, of giving, the season of goodwill, we thought you have some key insights in this area because, Holly, as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, the correct gift for anybody, whatever their stripes, wherever they are, the perfect gift is Monocle. Tell me more. Why, why so? Well, I think Monocle subscription is the gift that keeps on giving, Tom. You know, we have 10 issues throughout the year, plus all of our seasonal specials. You have many benefits across the year as well. And I think for any giftors out there who are thinking of the perfect present, who doesn't want a subscription that every time that issue hits the letterbox, you're reminded of the giftor? Um, that has very kindly gifted you the subscription for the year. It's guaranteed year-round goodwill, and there's not many Christmas gifts that can deliver that. You did mention the other titles, Holly. Well, a couple of them. What are they? Obviously, it's, there's Monocle, 
the 10 core issues, if you like, as part of the offer. What are some of the other things? Do you have a personal favourite amongst the rest of the stable? Well, we do have four seasonal specials throughout the year. So you get The Entrepreneurs, which is our business-focused title, you know, a handy book for any... um, insights and ideas into building better businesses, who's doing it well out And, and we particularly love that on this show, obviously. Absolutely. Because it's the entrepreneur, so you can be fully multi-platform, just to jump in with that. Uh, but what, <laughs> el- what else is there in the mix? And then we have The Escapist, which is actually coming back after a bit of a hiatus. We stopped The Escapist in 2020, due to reasons we all know. But it is coming back in 2024 with a vengeance, and it is a look to the year ahead in travel. You know, all of the destinations that are lesser known around the world, and some of our key curated tips from the Monocle editors. And it's funny, we know that the things that people, almost wherever they are in the world, love about Monocle's take, cities, quality of life, entrepreneurship and travel, these are some of the core things and those titles really reflect our long-term fascination with them. But it's something different about sitting down and reading them in print as well as just hearing about them on the airwaves. What other attendant benefits are there though, Holly? A little bird, a little festive Christmas robin, imagine, has told me that not only... Can listeners sign up, gift this or buy it for themselves, treat themselves? They can get a discount. I said this can't be right, but apparently it is. Well, we are giving all radio listeners a 15% discount to any subscription that you want to gift. We have four on offer. You have to go to monocle.com forward slash subscribe. And when you're on there, you enter the code radiogift23 and you get your 15% off. That is pretty good. So it's a gift that keeps on giving, but it's also a little gift, even to the gift or, as you said. Absolutely. Every, every, everybody wins. I don't know, does, does Santa Claus, does he have a Monocle subscription? I know it may be in breach of the GDPR regulations for you to provide me with his address, but surely you can at least get a message to Father Christmas for me, could you? Well, Tom, your wish has been granted and an audience with Santa Claus awaits. Holly, you have very much made my Christmas wishes come true. To gift a Monocle subscription to your loved ones, or to treat yourself for being so nice all year, do head on over to monocle.com forward slash subscribe. And don't forget to enter that special code for Monocle Radio. Listeners, Radio Gift 23. Stick around, though. I'm leaving the warmth of the studio and heading out to the frosty monocle christmas market to meet the big man himself stay tuned Uh, well santa yes a warm welcome here at the monocle christmas market i've taken you away from your special station where you're greeting everybody and presumably busy granting christmas wishes Um, but thanks for speaking to us how are you this year I'm fine. Thank you for asking. <laughs> well, I, I always worry that people don't ask you how you're doing. Tell me how... Usually you... they do ask. Oh, they do? Yes, okay. they are very polite. Maybe and... they are worried about me because I, they think I'm very busy and I'm very old, but I'm not too old. Now, you're still very much in, in your prime. Tell me, when you arrive here in the UK, yes. is there a different mood? Are there, are there different behaviours in the children? I don't know. Did you come in, I think, from, from Finland yes, directly? Yes, I came from Lapland, yes. Are the kids... Are the kids similar, or do you notice different things when you're in different places? Well, not so much different. Kids are all the same everywhere. It depends on, you know, how the parents behave. 
for example, when they come to meet me and want to discuss with me. <laughs> when the parents are brave and active, so the children are, you know, they don't be afraid that much. If they just push the children to my lap, it is very exciting, too exciting sometimes. So, now, Tell me, Santa, we're, we're always interested in businesses here at Monocle, but you're, you're the original entrepreneur, right? You yeah. run your own business and it always is on time. It runs like clockwork. Yeah. What's, your, what's your secret? How do you ensure that your business is so perfect every year? It's so perfect and everything is possible because I have so many helpers. I guess a lot of people who are trying to run a business like yours, they don't have any magic dust, they don't have reindeer, they don't have any elven helpers. Mm. So you do have a few strategic advantages, I I suppose. I have a few extras (laughs) that nobody else has, yes. Is there a a kind of a a finishing school? Do you have like a kind of an MBA in Uh, Christmas administration? (laughs) Or is it just all, it's all knowledge, I guess, you acquire in the course of doing your job, right? Yes, it is. It is now. Of course, elves have to practice. And there's all kinds of elves, you know? But they are all very handy. Okay. Almost all. There are a few. Oh, there's a few troublemakers all there. (laughs) (laughs) Elves behave how they're quite wild sometimes. But... They like what they are doing, it's their job, it's their hobby, it's their life. (laughs) And uh, did you know that some of the elves are even older than me? Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, if you see somebody, you know, in in the supermarket or in the marketplaces here in London, it may be, it's not me, it's some of the oldest elves. Oh, okay, so keep keep your eyes keep yeah. your eyes peeled, and, and tell me about how you continue to innovate because there's always new innovations in yeah. your story and in I guess the way you get around and all these kinds of things. Is it important to keep things keep things fresh in I, terms of how you do your your business yeah. each year? I think it is very important to keep things simple. Okay. I make changes. You know, we make together with elves and with all the people around the world. We are thinking it together. And I guess sometimes when there's uh, tough times around the world, yeah. it's volatile times, yeah. it's really good that we come together. That's, a, that's the key message, I guess, right? Even to people who you don't necessarily get to meet face-to-face, yes. is that the message you'd like to broadcast around the world? Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it's very important. Yes. And tell me, it's very busy. Your work is seasonal, obviously, mainly. Yes. How do you how do you recharge and keep things fresh? And relax. And relax for the rest of the year. You have a few well, months to get yourself I have, uh, relaxed. I have. I like the summertime a lot. Okay. Very much. I like fishing. I like swimming. And I like to be with my reindeers. And, of course, with Mother Christmas. Yeah. And we are doing, you know, some relaxing things like sleeping. Under a tree. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So lots of R&R yeah. for, for a few months. Yeah. Um, well, look, Santa, it's always a delight to see you here at, at Monocle, and it's great to get some of your insights. I'm happy to be here. For our listeners around the world, thank you very much for, you. for coming to Japan. Merry Christmas. That was Santa Claus chatting to me at Monocle's Christmas Market. And that's all for this episode of The Entrepreneurs. We'll be back at the same time next week. Do look out in the meantime for Eureka. That's available every Friday. The Entrepreneurs was produced by Laura Kramer with mixing and editing by Tamsin Howard. 
Listen again and find out more about the show at monocle.com. That's where you can also subscribe, as we mentioned earlier, to the magazine and read more about better businesses every month. To contact the team, do drop a note to Laura. Send her some season's greetings on LRK at monocle.com. I'm Tom Edwards. Goodbye and thanks for listening to The Entrepreneurs. <laughs>